to be studying the book of James for the next couple of weeks. And I, I encourage you to um, I encourage you to to read it, to study it for yourselves, uh, because it is uh, uh, information and, and uh, tools that are that we are going to be gaining over the next couple of weeks. That's going to help us to grow as Christians, um, help us to grow. And the key verse in um, James, and and this is the whole. Um, preface around why we're going to be studying the book of James and it says um, it says now someone may argue some people have faith others have good deeds but I say how can you show me your faith if you don't have good deeds now we're not talking about faith uh, 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 trying to work your way into heaven we're not trying to talk about uh, 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 we got to work our way and, and we got to try to prove something but what James is saying it says I will show you my faith by my good deeds have you guys ever heard the terminology um, you shall know the fruit uh, you know she shall know the tree by the fruit that it bears or it says uh, put your money where your mouth is am I right or it may say talk is cheap. We can talk all day long, but if we don't have something that's going to back up what we're saying, what we're saying means absolutely nothing. If somebody says that I love you, you want to also see their love being demonstrated, right? And so what the book of James is going to teach us is that if we say that we believe God, if we say that we are Christians, then it ought to be demonstrated in our life. It ought to be demonstrated in how we live our life. It ought to be demonstrated in our day-to-day walking. You ought not be saying that you're a Christian and you're cussing somebody out time to make you mad. Correct? You ought not be a Christian. You ought not. And let me clarify that. You ought not have said, Lord Jesus, I profess you as my Lord and Savior. And you're mean as the devil. <laughs> right? You should not be saying, Lord, I believe you and you live in me. And then you're going to go out there and grab a fifth by the time you get to the house. I got to have me some joy juice. <laughs> I'm just saying. I'm, I'm keeping it real. So the thing, the reason why, or, or, or the reason why people are not coming to Christ is why? Because they're looking out at us. They're looking at you're professing to be saved. You're professing that I love the Lord. You're you're coming to church. You're watching. You're even going on social media and putting scriptures out there. But is your life corresponding to what you're saying? Is what you do corresponding to the persona that you're putting forth? Um, I was on a prayer line this morning, and I mean, uh, this week, and it was so wonderful. Um, before we ended the prayer line, this lady gave a prophetic word. And the prophetic word was saying that our life is a book. So when you look at a book, you see the cover of the book. Amen? And then sometimes you even look at the back of the book to kind of see if you want to buy that book. Whether you want to purchase it, you're reading the summary, and then you also, sometimes books will have a little bit about the author. And so, in other words, Jesus is the author. He is the author and the finisher of our faith. He is the author and the finisher. He has come to live inside of us. And so he should be able to write in us what needs to be written. Amen? 
And so they read the summary of what the book is. Everybody in here and everybody watching us via social media is a book. It is a book, a book that people are picking up and deciding, does the cover look, is the cover appealing for me to read it? And, okay, yes, this is interesting to me. And then they look at the back and they look at the summary. Okay, yeah. But then not only that, inside of the book, there are different parts of the book. There is a table of contents. There's an introduction. Amen? We all look at it. Even in your Bible, there's a table of contents. There's an introduction. There's also credentials or how that book was published. Everybody in here is a book. Everybody in here is a book. Why do I say that? I say it because in 2 Corinthians 3 and 2, it says that our lives, our letter, Paul is saying that your life is a letter that people are literally reading. They're reading to see if they want to pick up the book. And so the lady finished saying, she said that people will look at us and decide whether to read the book. Whether to read the book, whether to engage in this gospel, in this gospel that we believe in, believe to engage in this Jesus that you say that you serve. They're reading our lives. That's the only way, some that are, that it is the only way that they are ever going to see Jesus is by looking at us. And so it said that, um, uh, as I said, each of us are different books, and it tells who we are and who Jesus is in our life. So look at your life. Give it a, a, a look at, uh, uh, just kind of picture your life right now and say, if somebody was to read me right now, would somebody say, come to run into the Lord, Lord Jesus, save me, I want to be, I want to be, what is it inviting? Is it, is it putting forth that which God uh, uh, is it drawing people to Christ? Is your life drawing people to Christ? Our life. People don't care what we say out of our mouth. It's what you do. So what are we doing? And so the book of James is going to help us to, to get our doing, to get our actions together, to get what, uh, 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 what we say to correspond with what we believe or what's in our heart to correspond with what we say, our actions. James is going to help us in that. Uh, and I hope I gave enough, um, an, enough analogy. Let me read one more, um, one more scripture. It says, Jesus replied, and, and God dropped this in my spirit a couple of weeks ago. We say Jesus lives in us, or we say that we profess the Lord Jesus as our personal Savior. And it says that, all who love me will do what they'll do. They'll what? They'll, they'll come on, y'all. Y'all got to talk back to me who's in. You will do what I say. You will do. Y'all ever had a child? Look, just do what I say. <laughs> Don't do what I do, but do what I say. And they, 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 and they forget all about what you said out of your mouth, and they're going to mimic what you do. They're going to mimic what you do. Watch them. Just like my nephew, my uh, great nephews called me this week and they asked me, they said, Aunt Wendy, they said, are you doing church stuff? I said, no, baby. I said, I'm at my desk and I'm talking to you guys. And so before, and I was like, well, look, and they wanted me to just kind of talk to him. And I did. And, uh, you know, uh, my little great nephew, he loves math. He's a, he's a genius. I believe he's going to be an engineer when he grows up. Then anyway, and the other one, he can put videos together. I need to get him to edit some of my videos. He's nine years old and this boy can make his own videos and stream them. He's smart. He's intelligent. 
But at the end of the call, the nine-year-old said, Aunt Wendy, can you pray for me? Can you pray for me? And I didn't pray no, now me lay me down to see. I went in on them two boys. I went deep in them, started speaking over their life and declaring over their life and speaking to them that you guys are great. You guys are powerful. You are anointed. You are mighty men of God. Yet I didn't. They're young boys, but I was speaking into their life. But what captivated me when I got off the phone, the thing about it that really just touched my heart is that the last thing that they wanted me to do was to pray for them because they know the life that I live. Not what I'm saying out of my mouth, but they know, Wendy, are you doing, uh, uh, Wendy, are you doing church stuff? Because they know that's who I am. They never heard me cuss. They never heard me drink. They've seen me drink. They've never seen me do nothing but church stuff. And it had an impact on them. So it says, you will do what I say and my father will love them and we Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. This is what got me. We don't oftentimes read this scripture and say, read, see the word we. It says, we will come and do what? Make our home with each of them. So when we believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit comes to live inside of us. He's living, he's breathing, he's active inside of us. He's living with us. So if he's living in us, don't cut. If they come to make their home in us, don't cut our part of your house and say, you can't enter in here. You can't deal with this nasty attitude. You can't deal with this. Let them in the whole thing. And so the book of James is going to help us to do that. The book of James. So, uh, and I'm not going to get through all of the points because I'm already over time. Um, but what I wanted to talk about today, in, in James, the first chapter, verses 1 through 12, um, it is talking about uh, standing up under trials. So probably this is going to be the first part and, and part two. Um, part two will um, come later. Praise God. Okay, thank you, Pamela. Um, we got, just got a prayer request, and we're going to be praying at the end of the service. And please send us your prayer request. We're, we're just down to earth here. Um, I, can, I can switch and move and do whatever we need to do. Um, but we're talking about standing up under trials. And so in standing up, anybody had any trials? COVID has tested a lot of people. COVID has pressured and caused a lot of people to switch the, the way we do things. Um, I was walking through um, a, a store the other day, and I said to the, uh, to the individual that I was with, I said, let me share. I said, who would have thought that we ever would have been walking around with face masks and, 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 and uh, uh, limited to how many people can be in a store? Did anybody see this coming 2020? If so, please let me know. I need to get into your book. <laughs> Nobody saw it coming. Nobody saw that uh, 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 how people would be losing their jobs. And even now, we think that we got it in control. But God is saying, uh-uh, you can open up everything you want. And he's causing it to shut back down because I'm not finished yet. He said, I'm not finished yet. <laughs> you don't tell me when to move and when not to move. God is God. And so during this time, a lot of us have experienced difficult times. And, and I was thinking that we're either 
uh, uh, going into a trial, either going into something, we're either in the middle of something, or either we're coming out of something. It's always, we're either going in, we're either in it, or we're either coming out. Either way, you're somewhere. You fall in that, in that scale there. And so five things that we knew when we're facing adversity, when we're facing trials, when we're facing pressure, when we're facing that a, a, a life has dealt us a hard blow, there are five things that James points out to us uh, that we should do uh, uh, in verses 1 through 12. So let's look at the first one. He says, dear brothers and sisters, so he ain't leaving nobody out. Brothers and sisters. Brothers and sisters mean uh, 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 the book of James was not written to the sinner, but the, the book of James was written to us who say that we believe. So he says, brothers and sisters, when trouble of any kind come your way, when troubles come of just financial times. Is that what it says? When trouble comes of loneliness, when it comes my way. It says of any kind. So that means anything, it, he touches everybody in here, everyone in here, any kind, any kind of thing that you are experiencing right now that seems like, you know what, uh, uh, I, 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 Lord, I need your help on. He's saying, I got an answer for this. And he says of any, any kind that comes your way, it's going to come whether you want it to or not. You can try to stop it all that you want, but it's going to come. He says, consider, consider it an opportunity for great joy. Now, that just ain't good thinking. Why do I want to be joyful when I'm going through? I don't automatically say, Lord, I thank you. I praise you, God, for this pain that I have. Uh, uh, I threw my back out the other week. I won't consider it joy. I was like, let me find the orthopedic. You know, I need to find me some medicine. I wasn't around trying to get my shot. I wasn't trying to do none of that. I was not rejoicing. And sometimes when we experience pain, we don't consider it as being an opportunity for great joy. But it's an opportunity. Listen to what the word consider means. Consider means to think carefully about it. In other words, think about what it is you're going through. And I'm go I don't want to get ahead of myself. But the first point that I want you to understand is that understand that our attitude is everything when we're going through. Our attitude is everything when we face trials. And James says when we face temptation, and a lot of people think temptation, that word temptation means diverse trials, means trials, means things that you're going through. So uh, understand that your attitude is everything. Let's look at what attitude means. Attitude is a subtle way of thinking or feeling. You're feeling this way because of this situation. It's an attitude, an attitude, what you're thinking, what you're feeling. And this is the part that I really like. It's an organization of beliefs. You know, Open Altar Worship Center is a church, but it's also considered an organization when it comes to the state. When it comes to uh, our business principles, it's an organization. But it is an organization of beliefs. The beliefs come from what you've experienced in the past. Beliefs come from uh, what you've seen other people go through and what you've seen. Uh, the truth be told, sometimes when um, 
you're going through or sometimes when someone is going through, you're looking at them to see how they made it. Or you may even go to them and ask them for some advice. Am I right? You may even go to them and say, uh, uh, look, I know you dealt with such and such and such. Um, what did you do? Or, or, you know, or they may share with you. And so that uh, 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 comes into input into your belief system. So it's an organization of beliefs, but not only is it an organization of beliefs, um, uh, I gotta, I gotta get you to understand organization, but it's also an organization of feelings. When you touch the hot stove, you, you, you felt this. So you remember that this was hot. So you won't touch it anymore. Or when you did this or when you, when you did that, it, it caused you to feel a certain way. Amen. So our attitude is comprised of our beliefs. It's comprised of our feelings. But not only that, it's comprised an organization of behavioral tendencies towards that particular event or that person. So if you know that you went to a person before and the person uh, 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 was cold or the person talked about you, you ain't going to go back to that person again and tell them your business. (laughs) You're going to avoid them. Or if you go to that person, why? Because you, you understand your belief is, is that if you tell them your business, that they're going to tell it. The next thing is that you told them something that was personal. And so when you found out that they did not keep it a secret, girl, let me, and, and saints will do this in a minute. You know, uh, 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 you know what? I'm just calling to tell you, you know, we need to pray for Pastor Wendy because now you gossiping. You ain't really calling nobody to pray for me. You, you know, we want to get all deep down and, and, and then they get so, and so I find out that you done told everybody what I told you in secret or what I told you that I'm dealing with. And all of a sudden now it's all out there. Um, and so I feel some kind of way towards you. I don't want to deal with you anymore. And so then uh, uh, my behavioral tendencies is because if I experience that again, I'm not going to deal with you. So it's an organization, uh, our attitude is an organization of beliefs and feelings and behavioral tendencies towards an event that you may have experienced before, towards a person, okay? Um, uh, Now let's look at some types of attitudes. Remember what I said, it said that uh, uh, count it all joy, and I said that understanding that attitude is everything. So in other words, when we go through trials, when we go through situations, uh, uh, there's four types of attitudes that we will display. We will display a positive attitude. A positive attitude, you ever, and I have had it before, I'm like, I'm, I, I take it to, I, I got something and I take it to this person, and they're like, just praise God, just, you know, just let's get, I don't want to hear no scripture right now. I, I'm, y'all don't feel like I do sometimes. Sometimes I just need some practical. I just need somebody that's going to empathize with me, that's going to kind of feel, with, just for the moment. Anybody feel like that ever? Oh, come on, y'all. I, sometimes I just want you to, but they come with positive. They, they, their attitude is positive. Their mindset and their outlook on what you're dealing with is positive. And so what that does is that in turn causes you to look at things from a different perspective. And you will in turn grab a hold of that positivity that they're saying. So we can have a positive attitude towards adversity, towards trials, or we can have a negative one. 
I, I'm going to tell you, there's some people that I look at the caller ID and I hang it up because I know immediately everything that's coming out of their mouth is going to be negative. <laughs> and, you know, and, and there are times that you pick the phone up and it's like you think that just by chance you show them some grace, some mercy, and you say, yeah, yeah okay, this time is going to be different. But they're going to be like, hey, and I don't ask them how are they doing. <laughs> Because if you ask them how they're doing, a flood of negativity is going, well, my toes is hurting. Well, my ear is hurting. Well, you know, child, nothing but negative. And before you know it, you're like, my God, why did I answer that phone? And so you, oh, I got to go. My phone, I got a bug now. You don't lie because you know you ain't got no call coming in. <laughs> I'm telling on myself, y'all. I told you I'm transparent. So there's times that you know you you just got to go instead of saying, well, you know, oh, you know, or, or either you do this, and I'm telling on myself again. You you call the person, and you wait till you gotta get right in the store, and you you just want to give that little check in. You ever been there before? You just want to call and get a little check in, but you call them just before you're getting ready to go into the store. Oh well, I'm I, I, I was getting ready to go into the store. I can't talk long, and oh, I gotta go now. Because, you know, you limit the time that you're willing to expose yourself to the negativity. I'm walking down somebody's street. <laughs> or you have a neutral attitude. You are, you are neither negative. You're, you're neither positive. You just don't feel nothing. You're just like, whatever. And so life and the trials just blows you from side to side because you don't have a feeling one way or the other. You don't have a feeling one way or the other. You're just neutral. And neutrality means that when, when, when you're neutral, means that anything can happen to you and you don't take a stand for nothing. I'm serious. Neutral. You ever seen, you got anything to say? No. But in your head, you got a whole lot of things that's going on in your head. But because of the absence of silence, somebody looks at that as agreement. Because you're, you're silent. Somebody says, well, they agreed with me. But no, in your mind, you want it to say, no, this is not a good path to go down. No, that this is not a, a good choice. But because you were silent, you were neutral about it, they hit the green light and go. And they brought you with them. And before you know it, you and that person have done ran into a ditch when you should have said something back there. Neutral. The next one is what you call, uh, uh, you see, the psyching or a psyching, uh, a psyching uh, attitude. Now, this attitude is the most dangerous attitude to have. A psyching attitude means that uh, um, uh, everything that is positive that will come to you to look at a situation in a different manner, to cause you to have a different attitude, anything that's positive, there's always something there that's going to kill the positive down. There's always, you ever heard somebody, uh, you know, uh, uh, God is really moving and then you hear, but? I'm like, but, no, don't say no but to me. I don't want to hear it. You know, or either you went to a person and you gave them something that the Lord gave you or, and you're real excited about it. Um, just like, for instance, when I got the, the, the word from the lady, my spirit connected with it. And sometimes you better learn, watch who you share stuff with. Because they're dream killers. They're dream killers. Don't let them kill your dream. Joseph, 
dreams were killed because he told it too soon. And there are times that when we're going through situations, sometimes you just got to go through it by yourself. Don't tell anyone because a lot of times, sometimes when you tell someone when you're facing adversity, they can cause you to get a a psychic attitude or a sickened attitude because no matter how you're trying to look at it positive, they're trying to say, but girl, look at how they did you the last time. Look at how they're always trying to institute or put something in you to counteract that positive that you're trying to think, that positive attitude that you're trying to uh, 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 develop within yourself because it has to be developed. It's not something that's just going to come. Uh, remember what I said. It said that um, uh, what did uh, James said? It says count it. Consider it. That's something that we have to do. We have to consider what is our attitude. It, it, we have to put forth an effort to consider the attitude. Um, if we look at uh, uh, if we look at uh, some of these scriptures here, um, we will understand that uh, in Proverbs. And I just want you to write these scriptures down. If you're in the building, take a screenshot of it. Proverbs 23 and 6 and 7 is talking about a person who thinks selfishly. So that's a wrong attitude. Thinking selfishly in the midst of trials, it means that no matter what, I'm going to do what I need to do in order to get through this trial. Um, Matthew 12 and 33 and uh, 34 talks about a tree is identified by its fruit. And I talked about that earlier. Romans uh, 12 and 16 is talking about um, don't think that you know it all. You ever been around a person that think that they know everything? You say it, they done been through it. You talk about it, they done did it. You say you're going to go there, oh, I done been there. <laughs> I'm like, okay, conversation over with. I don't want to tell you nothing else. <laughs> Am I real? Y'all never, I mean, we experience things. Um, and then First Peter 4 and 1, it talks about arming ourselves. This is a weapon to arm ourselves with the same attitude that Christ had. You know, let this this mind or this attitude be in you that which which was in Christ Jesus. And then Philippians 2 and 14, it talks about do things without grumbling and arguing. You ever, you know, I I mean, a child, you can tell a child to do something. And I love Angelique's little boy. I think it was the other day we were up here and um, um, she told him to go do something. And he was like, "Mm -hmm." (laughs) he was doing it. But he was mumbling and complaining. And then he would look back and say, did she really just mean what? Okay. And she would go. So sometimes God got to, uh, don't mumble. Don't complain. Just do it. Just do it. I, I, I uh, looked at um, having the attitude. And uh, Chuck Swindoll said it so, so wonderfully. I'm just going to read his quote. It says, I believe the single most significant decision that we or that I can make, because I made it personal, that I can make on a day-to-day basis is my choice of attitude. How am I going to face this day? Am I going to face this day with doom and gloom, or am I going to take on the right attitude that no matter comes my way, I know that I'm going to be all right? Attitude. The attitude I choose keeps me going or cripples my progress. The attitude that you choose is either going to cripple you in the things that God wants you to do, cripple you in your growth, or it's going to 
keep you going in your progress. It says, when my attitudes are right, there's no barrier too high, no valley too deep, no dream that's too extreme. Our attitude, our attitude. Uh, um, Stanford Research said that, um, and this is what blew my mind, it says that 12.5% of our success is only determined upon our knowledge. 12.5%. So we're around here trying to get knowledge, trying to get this and trying to get that. But it says the other 87.5% comes from my attitude. And our attitude is developed through what we go through. Our attitude is developed through the word of God and through us yielding to the word of God. And I'm not going to get too deep into that because that's going to be next week's message. But, but as we submit ourselves to God, he does an inward job. And some of us won't let him do the inward job because we're so busy trying to, trying to make it look good on the outside. But we're, we got cobwebs, we got, we got junk, we smell on the inside, but we don't put everything, look beautiful on the outside. And if I could use this analogy, you put on clean clothes, but your undergarments are stuff that you don't had on for weeks and weeks. That's nasty. I'm sorry, but that's an analogy. You're looking good on the outside, but on the inside, you got some old and dirty clothes on that you need to be willing to let go and get in the washing machine and get cleaned up. I know that didn't, that didn't, y'all minds went somewhere everywhere, didn't it? <laughs> now, I want, I, want, I want you to, this is just a, 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 a little test for you, and you don't have to tell nobody. If somebody, if you went to someone and said, look, Tom, I'm not Pastor Wendy right now, but I'm coming to you as a sister in Christ because I want you to give me a good analogy of me. Remember I said we're the book. People are reading. They're, they're trying to, you know, decide whether they want to read. And so Tom comes to me because I want to make sure that he picks up the book, that he uh, 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 allows Christ to come. So Tom, I would come to Tom. Tom, look, there's, there's, there's no barriers. There's no, no, you can say whatever you want to say. But Tom, I want you to give me a good assessment of who I am. How you see me? What do you, you know, am I inviting? Am I warm? Am I, you know, tell me what you think. Would Tom say you're moody? Would Tom say you got a nasty attitude? Would Tom say, Wendy, you're overly sensitive? What would a person say about you? How do you think a person would, would say or say that you are? Jesus said, who do men say that I am? Right? Who do people say that you are? Who do people say that you are? Are you unforgiving? Who are you? Just, just let that resonate. You don't have to answer. But Matthew 5 and 18 says, but the things that come out of the mouth come from the heart. It comes from... The heart comes from the heart. The heart, what is the heart? 
the, 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 the word for the heart is where our passion, our desires, it's our, it's our innermost being, the heart. What we say comes from what's in here. So you ever said to a person, they said, I didn't mean it, but you know that they did? Why do you know that they did? Because it's a repeated behavior. Amen? So you know that it's something that's rooted within them because they keep repeating that behavior, even though they said, I'm sorry. Even though they said, oh, that's not me. Yes, it is, because you keep doing it. So it's in there. So out of the mouth, out of the abundance of the mouth, the heart, what? Out of abundance of the heart, the what? The mouth speaks. So what your mouth, what's in here, is going to come out of here. So God wants to transform our attitude. So James is saying, look, count it an opportunity Count it an opportunity for great joy. It's a choice that we make when we encounter problems. So point number one is, is that we have to count it an opportunity. Make a conscious decision. Get your attitude straight. Stop being, uh, stop being angry with God because being angry with God ain't going to get you nowhere. He's going to let you sit there and pout until you get over your, your temper tantrum. Y'all ever been there? I have. I'm a, I have been there many a times. And God, why did you let this happen? God, did he, look. And I look back and I understand that it was producing something in me that I could not have been developed inside of me unless I went through it. And so therefore, point number one is that we must have a faith-filled, a power-filled a, a, a mindset that says, God, I don't understand it, but I'm going to rejoice in this. I'm making a conscious choice. And then point number two, it says that we have to have an understanding mind. James is saying in one, count it all joy. Uh, Count it as an opportunity. Point number two is have an understanding mind. Having an understanding mind. What do I mean? James um, one and three says, uh, know that under pressure, under pressure, under trials, under situations, your faith life is forced, is forced forced into the opening. Um, you ever had, um, uh, the best analogy that I can use is that when you're making s'mores, you put the chocolate and you put the, 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 and then you put the graham cracker and then you smash it down. And when you smash it down, everything come oozing out on the side. That's what God says. You're under pressure. You're under pressure. And so under pressure that there are some things that's being forced out into the open because you keep wanting to hide it. And so I got to put you up under some pressure so that it can be forced out so we can deal with it. Because you would not otherwise admit that you're dealing with this situation unless there was some pressure applied. And then it says it shows your true colors. Shows your true colors when you when somebody has made you angry. Are you forgiving or do you lash out? It shows your true colors. It shows what's really on the inside. And I'm going to be honest with you, just transparent, God knows. Today, I mean, technology, we spent a whole hour trying to get things straight back in the sound. In, in the, and, and, and I didn't exhibit too good of an attitude this morning. And I kept apologizing. Am I right, Sister Pamela? <laughs> I'm just... Angelique and them were like, you know, and they were like, Pastor, when I was like, oh, y'all just do what you want right now, because I was not focused on that. My best foot was, I was frustrated. It had nothing to do with anybody, but it had everything to do with technology, because I'm the type of person, I do not want nothing to lick me. 
when it comes to technology. I want to figure it out. Anybody know me that I'm going to make it work? Oh, no, that's all right. No, I got it. I'm going to keep on working at it. I'm serious. And then I'm texting the, our, our technician that helped us put the stuff. And I'm, he can hear through my, my text message that I'm frustrated. I didn't say a thing. I didn't even talk to him. But my text message was like, help. My attitude won't you right this morning. So I had to go back and I had to say, look, I'm sorry. You know, I, I had to go back there and get my attitude right. And I was embarrassed about my own attitude. Y'all ever been embarrassed on how you responded about something? I know I done digressed a whole long way. But anyway, but there are times that uh, uh, the pressure comes. And when the pressure comes, how do we respond? And so as using what I went through this morning, um, from now on, my, my prayer is, Lord, that when I experience pressure, when I experience things that are really kind of out of my control, when I experience things like that, Lord, help me to respond differently. Help me to allow others to see me still staying calm under pressure. Calm under pressure, because I wasn't calm this morning. But it says that uh, called according to his purpose for them. So it says, and we know that God causes everything. God causes some things. Everything. All things. Some tr- everything to what? To work together for the good of those who love God. How many of you love God? How many of you love? So that means that whatever you're going through, look at it as an opportunity to work for my good. I remember when I was going through something uh, many, many years ago. This was my scripture. God is causing this to work for my good. Even though I didn't feel like it, I quoted this scripture. Every time I, 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 I was feeling down, every time I was tempted to think a different way, I quoted this scripture. God's causing this to work for my good. I know people got tired of hearing me quote that scripture, but that was me getting my attitude right. That was me getting my thought process right. And it says, for those who love God who are called according to his purpose. Everybody in here is called. Everybody in here has a calling on their life. Everyone in here, everyone watching us via Facebook, via live stream, everyone, God has called you to a specific purpose. Don't think that you're just called to live out the rest of your life just sitting down doing nothing. No, God called you for a reason because you are a piece of the puzzle that he needs to use. to. Remember what I said? You're a book. And so that you are, God is creating you to be a book that somebody else is going to pick up and read. They're not going to read my book. They're going to want to read yours because of what you've been through, how you went through it. You're called. And there are only people that you can reach that I cannot reach. There are people that are connected to you that are watching you right now, seeing how you're handling what you're going through and deciding whether to connect or disconnect. And so it says for the purpose, do according to his purpose for them, for them, for you, for you. So we have to look at it as an opportunity Have an understanding mind that God is trying to produce something inside of you. 
He's trying to produce something inside of you. It's an opportunity. It says to know. It means to perceive. Understand that if you can get this in your, in your mind, that when I go through, I understand, God, that it hurts, but you're doing something inside of me. I understand, God, that you're producing something. And it says that, you know, it produces faith. It produces perseverance. When trials come, it's producing in me. It's causing me to have something. Uh, in other words, um, with, with an a, a orange, you don't get orange juice unless you squeeze that orange. And there's some times that God wants to squeeze us so he can get the juice out of us. So that somebody else can drink. So that somebody else can drink. So the adversity, the trial that you're going through may be pressuring you, but somebody else is going to receive the drink. Let God. Don't be moved. Don't, don't want to move too fast. God is sovereign. He's going to make sure that this opportunity works for his good. But you got to let him. You have to let him let this work for your good. And, and let me read this as I close. It says, at times, circumstances that may seem like a hindrance to the gospel. And if you go and read Acts, the second chapter, verses 1 through 17, it was when uh, um, uh, they were placed into the prison. It looked like it was dire circumstances. It looked like that they weren't going to get out. But it says, a threat to our lives may be the platform God uses for the gospel to be displayed through us. So the pressure, the trials that we go through, it's going to be the platform that God is going to use for the gospel to be displayed. And as believers, we can be confident even circumstances that are beyond our control, circumstances that seem that it's like what in the world is really being orchestrated by God. Now, God doesn't bring, don't get me wrong, God didn't bring coronavirus, but he allows. He says that he allows things to come. You know, uh, uh, when, when, when Satan went to, 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 to God and said, you know, uh, uh, Job, you know, he's an upright man, he's this and he's that. And, 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 and God told uh, 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 Satan, he said that, you know, you can, you can touch everything. You can touch all of his belongings. You can touch this, but you can't touch his life. God allows it. He allows it. So whatever we're going through, have the attitude, God, you have allowed this, but it's working for my good. Whatever we're experiencing right now, Understand, Satan, you may have sent it my way, but it's working for my good. I'm hurting right now. I'm emotionally hurting. I don't know how to think right because I've gone through so much adversity. That the, 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 the organization in my thoughts is nothing but negative, nothing but messed up. But God is able to transform the way we think. He's able to transform 
the way we see things. We have pain. When I had, when I threw my back out, I was like, yes, it hurt. But it was also an opportunity for me to find out what the real root of the problem is. And see, sometimes we go through situations and we're dealing with the surface stuff, but God says, I got to get to the root, so I got to press some things down. I want to deal with the root so that this root does not, I have a weed in my backyard and I can spray weed killer on the stalk all day long, but unless I get down to the root, it's going to keep growing back up. So God says, I want to get down to the root. I don't want you to keep putting weed killer on the top. I want to get down and dig that root up so that it doesn't surface again. What are we dealing with? Every opportunity, everything that we go to is an opportunity to learn. Everything that we go through. I've gone through some things in my life in the last eight months that was not easy. And I questioned and I cried and I laid before God so many times and saying, God, I don't understand it. I don't like it. But it was also an opportunity for me to say, God, even though I don't understand it, I refuse to go through this situation and come out the same. What are you trying to teach me, God? What are you trying to place inside of me, God? What are you trying to do inside of me, God? Some of us would not even seek God if he didn't put us up under some pressure. Some of us would not even open our word if adversity didn't come our way. The first time, think about it, people get in jail, and I'm not knocking that, but every, they get it, and I've seen it because I worked in the legal system for 31 years of my life. When people got on the witness stand, I've seen grown men break down and cry, but otherwise, if you didn't have them on in the, as, a, as, a, as a witness or a defendant, they would not cry because they were strong and tough. But they found themselves in trouble. They found themselves in adversity and their true feelings and their true softness and their true tenderness came out. And so when they gave their character statement, they said, look, I messed up. And so that's what we got to do to God. We got to say, God, I open myself up to you. I'm going through this. It's an opportunity. Number one, have the right attitude. Number two, understand that God's trying to do something inside of us. I'm going to stop right here. I said there's five things, and we'll cover the other three next week. My prayer for you is that God would do it inside y'all. No longer surface raising our hands but we really don't mean it in here. No longer saying, Lord, I love you. But we're 